At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's never too early to start looking at next week's NFL line. This is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Of the look ahead presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Dave Ross, West Reynolds coming at you here from Circus Sportsbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. If you're listening, thank you for listening. If you're watching on VC.com, I've not been crying over the Cowboys' loss today to the Green Bay. But it's allergies. I didn't, you know, when I moved out west, uh, west, west, I didn't think allergies would be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I just thought, oh, that's just an East Coast thing. No, 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 no. Sneaky allergies out here in Vegas. Is it just the weather change? I think it is. That, that's what you, usually gets me. It usually gets me in like March, April, or like April, and then as we get into like November, man, December. it's crazy. Like I'm, I'm not used to this. So no, this is not over Mike McCarthy. This is not over Dak Prescott. It's not over Dan Quinn. The awful performance today, giving up 48 to the Packers. It is just allergies, people. No, and but but we do want to have a good cry. We're just trying to uh, uh, holding it in. Yes, like, we we are. We're, we're we're adults. We can't cry over football anymore. No. Um, but that was the big shocker of the day in the second game today. The Lions uh, beat the Rams 24-23. Uh, thank you for everybody tweeting at me at DRaw Sports. He's at West Reynolds One. If you have any questions, comments, fire away in the next hour. Because I saw somebody said that was one of the worst decisions ever. I'm referring to Sean McVay. Uh, not going for it on fourth and 14 down by a point in Detroit territory with only one timeout to go in uh, just over four minutes to go in regulation. They never sniffed getting the ball back. Yeah. As this game, they, they punted away and the Lions run out the clock. You know, again, we talked about it in the last hour. I'm a Sean McVay fan, big fan. I think he's an excellent head coach. And when you win a Super Bowl, you should get latitude. But if this, if, you know, Mike McCarthy made that decision. If oh yeah, name any other coach that's always kind of maligned. Dif- different what... guys get judged by different standards. Absolutely. And when you want it, you get at least a little bit of a pass, certainly from uh, many in the media. But game management, it, it's not just about game planning. Game planning, uh, you know, gets you to the dance. 
and game management makes you dance at the dance. So I think the game management there just for Sean McVay, he's made a lot he made a lot of mistakes, especially time management. The- and when you burn those timeouts <sighs> and then fourth and fourteen in, in the opponent's territory, this is Matthew Stafford. This is a guy that's probably gonna be in the Hall of Fame. Wait, what do you throw for three sixty seven today? I have him try to throw it up and make a play, see if I can get a pass interference call. Something. Yes. Absolutely. Now, now you're not going to send uh, uh, Brett Maher out there to kick a 67-yard no. field goal. Of course not. But may- maybe you would if you had, like, Justin Tucker or, or somebody like that. There's maybe two kickers in the NFL you would have sent out for a field goal and been like, okay, that's not a dumb decision. Right. That That's not a stupid decision. I, I could certainly understand that because he'd been there, done that. But fourth and 14 from the 44, when you're in their territory, man, you have to. The field position just doesn't matter. It's the time that matters. That's exactly right. It's Because Detroit ain't trying to score. That's right. I mean, look, if anything, you want them to freaking score. You get the ball back. You have a chance to still tie the game. Yes, you want them to damn score. Like, uh, remember that scenario? I think it was was the Ravens and the Chargers uh, where they were telling that kid uh, Flowers to go down, and he ended up scoring. Now, it didn't end up mattering the final result except for the point spread. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like like the Lions, look, they were going to want those guys to score. Now, I got to think that they were smart enough, you know, where it's like, okay, we get a first down. Even Just though we go got down. open field, we're going down, it's over. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. Two first downs, Detroit was able to run at the clock. They will now host a, a game tomorrow between the other wild card matchup here between the Eagles and the Buccaneers. Of course, the, the Buccaneers are a division champion. That's why they're hosting this game, winners of the NFC South. Let's stay on that theme for a second with these two coaches. Because, you know, we don't talk about Todd Bowles and Nick Sirianni is being talked about now for all the wrong reasons, I think. Like, is his job really on the line in Philadelphia? If they have a Mike McCarthy Dallas Cowboys meltdown like they had today, could that happen to Nick Sirianni? In the context of the conversation we were just having, because the Sean McVay one it might be eye-opening to some. We kind of knew about this. I've talked about it a lot through the years with you, that Sean McVay is much more conservative than you think. And I know we think of him as boy genius and... You know, th- this very innovative offense, yes. But mm-hmm. when we get down to those man- clock management decisions and when to go for it, when not to, analytics, those things, he's not the most progressive. Let's just put it that way. Right. Out of Todd Bowles and Nick Sirianni, who would you trust? Like, it's weird because this is what GMs and owners have to take into account in, do I have the right guy to run my organization? Because you can be really good as a coach, having guys in position – the X's and O's of having your team ready and whatever your specialty you might be like, you know, Todd Bowles is an offensive minded coach. His defenses have been pretty good in Tampa Bay. They've won a Super Bowl under Todd Bowles, right? Nick Sirianni is known as an offensive guy. They've been pretty good offensively in the Nick Sirianni short-term era in Philadelphia. But when it gets down to those decisions, like the Sean McVay, when to go for it, when do I use the timeout? Do you trust Bowles? more in that spot because he has won a Super Bowl or do you trust Sirianni because the fourth and like Sirianni goes for it a lot man they do like we know about the tush push and that works and that's kind of his hallmark but I think he's he's a little bit more aggressive at first glance than I see from Todd Bowles well yeah and and I would trust Sirianni I think Bowles uh, won the Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator yep. of course for All right uh, for uh, Bruce, Bruce Arians, Arians. Uh, in Tampa but yeah, I, I, I would trust Sirianni more. I, I think Bowles is kind of a old school, kind of some outdated thinking. Look, he's a he's a quote unquote trust your defense guy. Yeah. And I don't like, you know, even in, even in the, in the <laughs> NFL I might do it more and I certainly was in college like 
College football, you never trust your defense. But no. I'm not a big trust your defense guy. I'm a big, you know, because the rules are slanted against the defense with the illegal contact oh, yeah. and the interference and the body weight deal on hitting the quarterback oh, and roughing the passer. So, you know, it's much easier to get penalties on defense than it is on offense. No doubt. And you don't want to leave it in the hands of the officials. So that's why I'm not a big trust your defense guy. So Sirianni, from a decision-making standpoint, I would absolutely trust over Bowles. On the other side, in the other game that we have tomorrow, it's Sean McDermott, another defensive-minded head coach, uh, going up against Mike Tomlin. We all know Mike Tomlin, defensive-minded head coach. Tomlin is such an interesting case study because I heard even on national reports this weekend, the job and the future of Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, what what are we debating? Mm -hmm. Like 10 and seven, you win the last three games to get to the spot. You've done it with a third string quarterback and Mason Rudolph. It's rather remarkable. Uh, You don't have Watt tomorrow. Tomlin feels kind of like that old school approach like you mentioned with Todd Bowles as well. He is a Super Bowl champion as a head coach in Pittsburgh. Who do you trust more in that regard? Mm -hmm. uh, Would you go with Tomlin, the old tried and true, or Sean McDermott? Well, you know, it's probably isn't a, a fair to say, but I'd say McDermott because he has the better quarterback. Wow. And he has, a, he has a, I think, the better offense. So even though McDermott is a defensive guy, the Bills have been a much better offense over the years than the Steelers. The Steelers, you know, the Steelers have to win on forcing turnovers and special teams. Mm-hmm. That's how they have to win. They're not a team that's just been able to beat you offensively. Like, this isn't – the old school Steelers when they had Roethlisberger and then they could also run the ball and beat you. I don't think the Steelers can beat you offensively. I think that they can beat you forcing turnovers and, and, you know, and, and special teams, uh, you know, either good plays they make or capitalizing on mistakes from the other teams, because that's what they've really been able to do. Tomlin certainly has more experience, and obviously McDermott hadn't won a Lombardi trophy yet. So I can understand why people say Tomlin based on, you know, results, but I'm going with just situation as the teams are right now. And right now, the Bills have the better quarterback. They have the better offense. And uh, uh, might just also have, because everybody, you know, focuses on Steelers like, man, great defense, great defense. And they certainly have a solid defense. I think the Bills actually, uh, you know, have just as good of a defense, even though Pittsburgh rated a little bit higher. But no Watt in this right. game. Right, right. So, so that that means you're not the sixth-rated defense in no, DVOA. Not without you know, that, that guy. Not, no, one player does make a difference. And I think without him, not just with pass rush, because the fact that he, of course, led the league in sacks, but also, he's he's pretty good on the run, too. He doesn't give up contain. Yeah. He's able to stretch plays out, and that's what you want to do as an end. You know, stretch it out, stretch it out, stretch it out. Let your linebackers or your safeties Phil. come up in, in the run sport and fill the gap. So, you know, T.J. Watt is, is, is very good doing that. I think he's a complete defensive end. He's not just like a pure edge rusher. Right. You know, because a lot of some of these guys, it's like they're specialty edge rushers. He's a defensive end. And there's a big difference. Sets an edge. There's a big difference between being a defensive end and an edge rusher because that's what the old school guys were because people always remember, you know, Reggie White and Bruce Smith with the sacks. But they weren't – they didn't have the term edge rusher back then, but they weren't edge rushers, man. They were complete defensive ends. Yes. They could blow up run plays. They can stretch run plays, you know, to where you're not breaking contain and getting beat. And they are going to miss Watt, I think, big time in this game. I wonder if if Mike Tomlin, because of that, without Watt in there, is a little bit more aggressive offensively with possessions, not being able to trust his defense as much. But 
that's kind of changing your spots, I, I think, on the floor. Right, and and look, obviously the weather's going to be a factor, and right. one of the edges I do think Buffalo has is that Josh Allen might have, in terms of pure arm strength, the strongest Ooh, arm in the National Football League. So assuming the wind is going to be, you know, blowing tomorrow, he can, I think, do that a little bit better than Mason Rudolph. Uh, Mason Rudolph, of course, came out of that, that s- spread offense at Oklahoma yeah. State and, uh, you know, run as many plays as fast as you can, get the ball out, get it to the guy in space. And, you know, Josh Allen played at freaking Wyoming in awful weather a lot of games. I remember watching him in college, and uh, he's probably going to get some bad weather tomorrow. Not as bad as it would have been today, no. but certainly going to be bad enough with the wind, and it's certainly going to be cold. So I'm going to trust Allen in those situations. All right, home. Steelers getting 10 points. That total right now staying at 38.5. Remember, it was as low as 32.5 before the cancellation and postponement of this game. Till tomorrow, again, that's going to go off uh, about 1.30 uh, Eastern time tomorrow in Orchard Park. Okay, when we come back, Michael Duarte is going to join us. Talk about the Rams, maybe a little bit early of an exit than we thought. As it's all over, they lose 24-23 today in Detroit. We'll figure out what went wrong when we come back next year in the Wolfcat. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play this is the look ahead with dave ross and wes reynolds on vsin the sports betting network DraftKings sportsbook and official official sports betting partner of the nfl playoffs is bringing you an offer that's going to help make the playoffs electrifying New customers can bet just $5 on any game. Get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VEGAS. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code VEGAS. And the crown can be yours. Dave Ross, West Reynolds with you here. We thought the crown, if there was an outside shot of a team in the NFC that wasn't, quote-unquote, one of the big boys getting hot, could have been the L.A. Rams. A lot of, a lot of people were liking that team yeah. going in. And for very good reason, obviously not that far removed from actually winning a Super Bowl. Let's bring in our buddy Michael Duarte. You can follow him as I do on X at Michael J. Duarte. Uh, does a great job for NBC LA. Michael, it's all over. 24-23 is how it ends. 
but I want to start there how it ended because, you know, Wes and I are watching. We've got sound down in the studio, obviously, as the game's going on, and we can't really get the tone and tenor. It's fourth and 14. They're in Detroit territory, four minutes to go. They only have one timeout, and they punt. Now, even in real time, I think Wes and I were going, well, you, you got to take a shot there with a guy that's thrown for 367 yards and Matty Stafford. Were you as surprised as I think we were that at least you didn't go down with the offensive ship, if you will? Yeah, you know, and that's something we asked the players after the game, but I was incredibly surprised with the whole sequence of events there, right? Obviously, it was third and four. They don't get the first down, and it was holding on the offensive line called on Rob Havenstein. I actually thought, given the kicking issues the Rams have had all season, they don't like kicking any of their guys they had, including Brett Maher, who they had earlier and cut after he missed those field goals against the Steelers. He comes back. He was actually pretty good tonight, but they don't like kicking in that 50-yard range. I thought Dan Campbell would decline it and force them to kick a 50-plus-yard field goal. So when he accepted the penalty and pushed him back 10 yards, I thought, okay, well, this is two-down territory. You can throw a little five, six-yard pass, maybe get back into that field goal range. He ends up going deep uh, to Puka Nakua. You can... That's controversy on that call. It looked like holding at the very least, maybe a late hit, maybe pass interference could have called a lot on that. I think the refs missed the flag there on that play for sure. That would have kept that drive going. But talking to Matthew Stafford after the game, uh, he said they weren't going to, they were going for it. They were going to be aggressive. They were going to go for the win. So he was trying to get the first down and pick it up Uh, in hindsight. um, Sean McVay after the game said he would have gone for it in hindsight. Now knowing Uh, what had happened, but the defense had been playing great in the second half. I'm sure we're going to get to that because we thought the over was going to get obliterated in the first half, Uh, but he thought giving the ball back to the defense, they'd be able to hold as they had done for most of that second half. To me, Sean McVay burned two timeouts early in that second half, and it came back to bite him on that final drive. Yeah, absolutely. I I thought, Michael, that's what really decided the game uh, before even the decision was made on that fourth and 14 from the 44 burning those timeouts, you, you just you, you, you can't do that. Because even though, Michael, I don't know how you felt watching the game, and I know you cover the team, so you watch this uh, team a lot more closely than most, but even though the Rams never led, you look at the numbers after the game, it's like, man, maybe they were the better team, uh, even though they never led in the game, yeah. uh, just because how much that they were moving the ball and how well the defense uh, uh, played in the, in, in the second half. Uh, uh, were you a little bit surprised, though, how the defense uh, did play in the second half? Because Detroit could not really sustain anything. Yeah, Wes, and that's that's the question. I was going to talk about that when we came on. I thought, if you look at the totality of the game, all four quarters, 48 minutes, uh, that the Rams were the better team over that course of time. The difference in the game, we can talk about those two burned timeouts, and that definitely came back to bite them, but the difference in the game was the red zone. Rams, 0 for 3 in the red zone. You have to get touchdowns Mm -hmm. in that area. The Lions were a perfect 3 for 3. So both teams inside the 20-yard line both had three attempts. One team got three touchdowns. One team got three field goals. That's the huge difference in the game. In a game, they lost by one. So any other one touchdown out of the three, just one for three, and the Rams win this game. But in the first half, I thought both defenses were atrocious. The Lions secondary was getting picked apart by Matthew Stafford. No-look passes, audibles, big plays to Puka Nakua on that 50-yard strike, Tutu Atwell on that 30-yard strike. He did a front flip into the end zone. And then Jared Goff 
picking apart the Rams defense like it was like it was string cheese. And then the Rams just could not make a tackle to save their life. Mm -hmm. But moreover than that, they couldn't put pressure on Goff. So Raheem Morris making adjustments at halftime of the game, just like he did in the Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Bengals. He goes with a five-man front so that the Lions couldn't double and triple team Aaron Donald. That frees up Donald Kobe Durant. They're able to get pressure on Goff in the second half. They're able to hold him to just three points. But the, Ram the Lions defense also stepped up, like we said, holding the Rams in the red zone to two field goals, and then obviously uh, getting the ball back on that, on that third and 14 that they end up breaking the play up. We can go about the controversy on the call, but you know that was the difference. So yeah, I was surprised by the defenses, but I agree with you, Wes. I think the Rams were the better team over the totality of the game. It's easy for us to you know, not invest in it uh, you know, emotionally like the team. And say, wow, what a good season. You know, you get 10 wins. You were, were the better team today. If you had Rams tickets like I did, you at least split because I had the over as well. But at least you cashed the plus threes. But that's not what they're feeling inside that locker room. I know they're feeling like it was one that got away. How close, Michael, is this team being back to being a true Super Bowl contender? Because from my vantage point, it doesn't feel like they're that far off. But I guess we don't know the future now of the Aaron Donalds, the Matthew Staffords, the Sean McVays all over again. Yeah, and I think this year is a little bit different than last year. Sean McVay has already squashed any rumors that he would retire and head to the booth. He's already said he's back for next year. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald under contract. Uh, it seems like this core of the team is going to stick together. I wouldn't be surprised, and, and you've heard it here first on your show, guys, on the look ahead, that Matthew Stafford doesn't get sit down with Les Snead and Sean McVay and Stan Kroenke and restructure that deal. Ooh. That cap hit is like $50 million next year and the year following. If they can restructure the deal, find a way to get them some nice money on a signing bonus or something and lower that cap hit, they're going to have a lot of flexibility on the cap in the offseason to bring in some big guys again. Uh, some superstars, if they're available, maybe on the defensive end of the ball. So it looks like the offense is pretty good. And you got Kieran Williams on his rookie deal under contract for the next three seasons. You got Puka Nakua, who just was a beast in this game, I might add, uh, breaking the rookie receiving yards records for first time in a playoff game with 181 yards. He was unstoppable. You got these guys under contract for a long time. You got Stafford cut down. Now you can add some pieces in. Maybe go get a shutdown corner that you lost in Jalen Ramsey. Maybe either via trade or free agency, bring one in. Uh, safety position might be a spot you can look at. I know John Johnson came in on a one-year deal. So I think this team will be back. And I'm going to quote Matthew Stafford here and also Eminem to kind of end this up. Stafford had said, we gave this Lions team a run for their money. Well, to me, the Rams were playing with house money in this game. Nobody thought they were going to be here. Nobody gave them a chance. Uh, they were supposed to win six games or be one of the worst teams in the NFL and get a top five draft pick. And here they are, to my opinion, multiple chances to win this game and just falling short. And then to the other side, you know, Eminem did this promo before the game saying, you know, Matthew Stafford, I love you. You were the guy here in Detroit for 12 years. I was at the Super Bowl in 2022 at SoFi Stadium, rapping at the halftime show. Uh, encouraging you, wanting you to win. I need you to lose this game for us because Detroit in their first playoff game in 30 years needed their first playoff win in 32 years. And seeing the highlights of the game, showing the season ticket holders who were there in 1957 when the Lions won an NFL championship before it was even called the Super Bowl. Uh, for the city of Detroit as a whole, and talking to Stafford after the game, he's so happy for the city and the players. Uh, I think from a storyline standpoint, Rams having won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, Detroit wanted this and needed this a lot more than Los Angeles.
in that cap hit, by the way, for Matthew Stafford, $49.5 million. Ooh. So I'm with Michael. I think you're going to see some restructuring. They need to get help on defense, maybe a little help on that offensive line, yeah. too. They certainly ran the ball better, and they got plenty of weapons uh, for him to throw the ball to. Michael, about 90 seconds left, though. I want to get kind of your read on the NFC now that uh, we know at least three of the final four teams. We'll see what happens with Philly and Tampa Bay tomorrow. Winner goes to Detroit, Green Bay, and San Francisco. Who's going to meet in that NFC title game, and who do you think is going to be here representing that conference in the Super Bowl? Yeah, guys, I was I was already looking at flights for Philly and Tampa. I know we were looking at the look ahead of possibly the Rams going to San Francisco, but it's the Packers who stunned the Cowboys, and they head to San Francisco instead. And I thought the Rams would have had a winnable game versus either team. So to me, this is the 49ers' uh, NFC to lose. Uh, I expect them to beat the Packers on Saturday night. Uh, I expect them then to beat whether it is Detroit, Philly, Tampa Bay. My gut tells me Philly, but I really want to see what this Philadelphia team is. But even if they can somehow survive against the Bucs and, and upset the Lions in Detroit, I think San Francisco's defense, their offense, if they can stay healthy, they're unstoppable. So to me, uh, I think they make a run. I want to see what happens with Kansas City, with Buffalo tomorrow night. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if anyone can give the Ravens a run for their money, whether it's the Chiefs or Bills in the AFC. But I like the Niners to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's kind of a shame for Rams backers because it felt like they were the dangerous team. And if they get through this, they could have easily, you would think, have beaten either Philadelphia or Tampa. Michael, appreciate the time as always, my friend. We'll catch up again soon. Yeah, I hope I'll be with you uh, either next week or next season. And guys, have a great show. Thank you for everything this year. Thank you, Michael. We, appreciate, we appreciate it, man, every week. Absolutely. Does a great job at NBC in L.A. Come on back. Let's look bigger picture at the NFC, some of those numbers associated and how they've changed with the playing of a couple games. Come on back. Look at it continues in a moment. This is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge through the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl, we've got you covered here. VSIN, become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. Get access to our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which VSIN expert has the current on hand. Betting splits showing you where the money and the bets are moving for every single game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, 24 7 video access. Sign up today. Get your first 30 days for only $9.99 to see everything VEASAN has to help up your betting game. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe and sign up now. Back alongside one of those experts. He is Wes Reynolds. I am Dave Ross. We Only God is an expert, Ernie, <laughs> as uh, Sir Charles says. It's a pretty good Barkley. Like, Barkley's got such a, I, I think, repeatable voice. Right, like if you're a comedian, uh, you have any comedy skills inside. A lot of comedians like to do the Barkley. Who do you think does the best Barkley? Probably in terms of impersonations, Frank Caliendo is terrific with the impersonations, really especially uh, sports. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, we got to stop showing the Lakers, man. Got to stop showing the Lakers. Jay Farrow man. is pretty good, former SNL. Yes, it, yes. He's, a, he's also a 757. We, we bonded over our... Uh, being in Virginia Beach, I think Jay does a great Barkley as well. But but your Barkley is very underrated. Thank you very much. I just want to say earlier in the program we did the AFC breakdown, what the numbers look like to win the AFC before the game started, and then where they stand now. I'm a little bit melancholy because our producer Dan Moneyline Miller has before today's action, and then after today's action, the Cowboys before today's action was plus three twenty, and then he just put a, now line, a big line through he it. Just put a line through it. Like uh, it seems like. 
like unnecessary, like dis disrespectful. Like to let me know as if I didn't know that America's team, America is crying tonight, Dan. America's team is out. We are all melancholy. We are all sad. All right, maybe just me. Everybody's sad. Everybody hurts. Yeah, I, I wasn't sad with, with the ticket I had on no. the game. I was sad, though, uh, uh, that it wasn't more competitive, I guess. <laughs> that, that makes it worse. So before the action today, the Niners were minus $1.25. You ready for this? Now, this is, and I am reading between the lines here. They didn't play. They've gone up to minus a dollar seventy. Mm -hmm. That tells you something. That, I, that the not that they they don't fear the Cowboys. Nobody fears the Cowboys. But it tells you in the betting market if you are anticipating a two-one matchup, Dallas San Francisco. Right. There was a the betting market was respecting the Cowboys enough to keep that at minus a dollar twenty-five. With the Cowboys out, that number just shifted dramatically and San Francisco didn't have to do a damn thing. No, they didn't because I think, look, uh, you obviously have, you know, with the, with the teams that are left, uh, of course, uh, their big favorites are almost 10 point favorites over, over green Bay who got hot late in the season, but it's like, okay, are, are they really ready for this? Right. Are they ready to go out there? And now you're seeing the 10 show, by the way, there's only, I think one, nine and a half out there. So now that the market is populated, Pretty much 10 across the board, 50 and a half, by the way, on that total for that Saturday night green game, Green Bay, San Francisco. That's the second game of the Saturday doubleheader. And I think when you look at it, even though San Francisco whacked Dallas earlier in the season on Sunday night football, there was still that possibility of a rematch. Remember, they met in the playoffs last year, and it was competitive and low scoring. One score game. Was, I think, what was it, 19 to 12? Was that the final? That's correct. In the, in the year before, when Dallas was the one seed and they played in San Francisco won that game, that was a four-point game. Right. So I know that the, the narrative is San Francisco's just whacked Dallas, Dallas. honestly, probably, and maybe maybe the Rams, too, are what who felt like the threats. Because yes. Philadelphia and Tampa are not playing that well coming in. Philadelphia, of course, uh, uh, got destroyed by this same 49er team. And then uh, uh, Detroit, who they didn't play this year, uh, Detroit and San Francisco. But are the Lions, it's like, man, they're such a feel-good story. They won their first home play a playoff game since 1991. They're going to get another home playoff game. Are they really ready to go on the road and win an NFC championship game? In San Francisco, it feels like a tall order. Now, yes. ironically... If you had said before before the season, and obviously it's so much has changed, that you could get the Eagles in this spot, that they're going to have to play a, a playoff game against Tampa Bay, but you get the Eagles before play began today, they were 8-1 to one to win the conference. You would have said, I'll, I'll jump on that number. Mm -hmm. They just sight unseen. Because I know they're going to be a playoff team, which they were, but it actually was <laughs> dicer than you think. And now plus they have, they have moved a little bit without playing a game, which is also interesting, to plus 650. Because, again, I, I, I feel like the narrative at least would have been Dallas was better than Philadelphia at this Because stage. it feels like even with Philly going to Detroit, where I think they're going to be uh, a decent-sized underdog, yeah. uh, you know, how much begs the question. Keep in mind, this Detroit team was only three-and-a-half against Minnesota uh, in uh, week number 18. They were five-and-a-half against Denver. So And only three today and didn't cover the number. Yeah, you're probably going to get a little bit of a tax here. I'm guessing that they're going to be kind of in that dead zone. Yeah between three and between seven because seven's too high and three feels too low. So you're probably going to get four and a half, maybe five uh, that they would lay assuming Philadelphia wins. But 
The thing with Philadelphia, why you saw it caught a little bit, number one, just the process of Dallas being eliminated and not having to maybe see them again. And also the fact that Detroit, as good as they have been, tonight, by the way, was the first night since week number one of the NFL season, the Thursday night opener, week number one, Thursday night football. Tonight was the first night that Detroit beat a team over 500. Wow. In this season. Wow. And it was so life and death. That's too. why maybe there's a little bit of lukewarm uh, respect for Detroit. It's like, hey, great story. We're happy for them. Cool. You know, a perennial doormat yeah. is now in the final four of the NFC and they're in the final eight teams uh, to play for a world championship. But there isn't quite that respect for Detroit. And that's why I think you see maybe Philadelphia, assuming they win tomorrow, that I think – Hey, they got a puncher's chance, even though this team's played lousy and they're hurt and yeah. the coaching has not been great, as John Jansen uh, pointed out earlier in this program. Uh, but they still have some pedigree. And Detroit is just now getting its pedigree in the playoffs. And that that is surprising because, again, with, these, with the numbers moving, with the Cowboys being out, and that's why these numbers have shifted so, so dramatically, the Lions win their game, and they're plus 650, Eagles still have to win their game. Yes. And they're plus 650. The betting market, to your point about the Lions, that is a direct slap in the face. I have to play literally one last game. Like, the Eagles might not even be around tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's the same number right now. And the Eagles are small favorites, three-point favorites tomorrow night. Well, let, yeah, let me let me, let me uh, uh, double-check on that because uh, I think the Lions, Lions got cut to about $4. Oh, they did get cut to $4. They okay, got, got cut to right. about $4. Eagles are now 7-1. Green Bay 950. These were before the show. Tampa Damn, Bay, say, Tampa Bay at 25 to 1. But yeah, the 49ers, odds on. And they should be. They should be. Uh, minus 170. Packers. <laughs> Excuse me. Had to get that one out. Sorry about that, America. They are now plus 950 to win this conference. Come on. Like, can they keep this going? Can they go to, if they go to San Francisco? Mm -hmm. and get the win, then they, and we know what they did in Detroit on Thanksgiving. That, I mean, I don't see it, but that is amazing that we're still I, talking about I will about say, that. though, they're going to see betting action. Yeah. I have no doubt that there's going to be a decent amount taking the Packers at plus 10 because sometimes the bye week is an advantage. Now, I think for the 49ers it may work out to be, and then sometimes it's like, oh, man, we're riding high. The last thing you want is a week off. Last thing you want is a few days off. You want to keep playing, but I think the 49ers getting healthy is the, is the most important concern. If you remember when the Niners went through their struggles, they lost three in a row. They were all banged up. And they had a bye week. That was when uh, Trent Williams was hurt, Debo was hurt, McCaffrey was hurt. And they went to Jacksonville coming off that bye. And I remember thinking, I don't know. I don't know about this. Yeah, they were laying game. like three, and right? it was kind of a week three, and they beat the hell out of the Jaguars. <laughs> like a drum. Yes. So remember that, because to Wes's point, this is kind of what the Niners are doing now, preparing for Green Bay. They basically took last week off. Yes, they played a game, a game against the Rams and Sam Darnold. Some of their starters had to play because you can't rest everybody. But for all intents and purposes, they treated it like a preseason game. And so now they're going to have that time. Do you think we see more of that Niners off the break team? Or can Green Bay, because you mentioned they're going to take some money here, getting 10 to high total of 50 and a half. Is Green Bay really live? 
in this scenario. well where, where i think you might see some people uh back green Bay is perhaps in the first half because it's ah. like okay is there a little bit of rust on the 49ers and, and then they, for green Bay. And, and, and then and then the 49ers you know water finds its level may pull away in the second half we obviously don't have first half numbers up yet but based on it being 10 i would expect niners minus six and a half huh. for the first half yep. so i could see people taking green bay uh uh for the first half but 49ers look right rightful favorite I think rightful to be odds on because there doesn't seem you know especially if Philadelphia gets beat they're gonna be you know minus 250 minus three dollars to to win to win the NFC I mean I, here's what I'll be rooting for I'll be rooting for LaFleur to be in that locker room going you know why not us right like oh, doing sure. that, that mantra sure. and, look, look what the odds makers are saying look your 10 point underdogs you were seven-point dogs against Dallas. Look what we did. Why not us? But that rested 49er team is normally not a team you want to be in front of. No, not at all. And that's why you see them as the odds-on favorite to win the NFC right now. All right, we'll take a look at the numbers again before tomorrow's action and make some Super Bowl predictions. That's next here in the Wolfgang. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is The Look Ahead with Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a Visa Pro subscriber today. Get unlimited access to our Visa.com slash picks page. Leaning towards the Buffalo Bills. Laying the 10 tomorrow in that rescheduled game at Orchard Park. So for more Visa Pro picks, become a Visa Pro subscriber today. The look ahead is going to give you 10% off your annual subscription when you use the promo code LOOK. Wes Reynolds, Dave Ross, wrapping up this edition of the look ahead. And And I said lean for a reason. Because yesterday... I leaned towards the Browns and Texans game going under and didn't play it. Thank God I didn't play it. And I was like, that's why it's a lean America, not necessarily a play. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to say that a lot. You're going to look at games, first blush, you're like Niners, early leans. What then cements them for you from a lean 
to an actual play. You know, just going throughout the week, and obviously, you know, this time of year, you really got to check those practice reports and who's yes. available and who's going to go. And then, and you know, looking at a lot of the advanced stats and the reason, like you mentioned about the uh, Browns-Texans game, uh, reason why I liked it over, it was just because of what I've seen throughout the season. I'm like, is it is it all of a sudden going to flip? Because there are very few times where it does. Remember when the Colts uh, made their run uh, run to the Super Bowl yeah. and eventually won it? That was the year they gave up like 8 million yards on the ground to uh, Fred Taylor and Maurice Jones-Drew in that game, and it's like they can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. Larry Johnson from Kansas City had 2,000 yards. going to run all over him. He had 22 yards. Yep. So sometimes you do get like a, a, a flip the switch or – you just can turn it around with one player being available. Uh, you know, Booger McFarland, who they signed midseason on the couch, helped stop that run. And, you know, sometimes you get those things happening, but I didn't think all of a sudden Cleveland's issues were going to be fixed. I, I was surprised defensively how bad they looked. Yeah. That, that, that's what where the lean came from, and I wondered about Houston and their first playoff experience. And I was on the under – in the Houston Indy game the week before. Right. And that one did get home. Where, it did, the, where it did, it did kind of go to a crawl at the end. Because it opened up early. And, yeah, and Houston got the stop. Uh, Colts really stopped themselves. Oh, but I don't, I don't want to relive that. No, I was going to say, but like th- that's where I thought we'd get more of that type of game. We did not. So let's take a look at these games again. we got two tomorrow, and we have one number already for next week. Uh, and I'll start there. I'll start with the game next week to see if we have any early leans. It's the Niners 10 and it's 50 and a half now. Uh, if you think Green Bay can win the game straight up, you get on the money line, get about uh, plus 380. You got to lay about $5 here on the Niners to win the game outright. Um, you know, it, it's weird because as a, as a guy that just got burned in this Cowboy process here, I, I'm rooting for, ironically, Green Bay, but I feel like it's a trap because of recency bias if you jump on the Packers plus 10. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know where this number is going to go through the week. But I would assume it might come down, actually. I think it is, and I think you're going to see more nine and a halves. It's 10 right now, but I think the early money is going to be on Green Bay, and especially that first half angle. You might see some sharp guys play that when that becomes available. Usually those first half and those derivative markets, first half, first quarter, that doesn't become available until uh, much later in the week. But, you know, and you also, uh, I think, got to look at Green Bay. Uh, Remember when I said – earlier they actually had the better offensive dvoa in the second half of the season than dallas did and it showed today jordan love the first seven games of the season was only averaging about 213 yards passing 58 percent completion percentage last two months of the season 69 percent completion percentage 267 uh through the air average and today he had 271 three touchdowns yeah It, it is like the two quarterbacks right now that are skyrocketing. And by the way, whether their teams get there or not, their confidence of playing now in these big stages, CJ Stroud and Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I mean, these these are moments like you can't take, they've already got playoff victories. I mean, talk about the Cowboys and how many playoff victories does Dak Prescott have? I mean, Jordan Love went in there and it wasn't close. CJ Stroud beat a, it's not one-on-one, I know, but he beat a defense against a quarterback that's won a Super Bowl in Joe Flacco. I mean, these are really heady accomplishments for young quarterbacks in this league. But it is San Francisco. It is a different beast with that defense uh, when they're right. Although the Niner defense was not great down the stretch. Like if there's one 
subtle yeah. weakness, it is that defense. Well, I'll tell you what's going to have to happen. And and uh, Niners, by the way, we're thinking about mid-pack in yeah. terms of rush defense. Uh, in terms of a defensive DVOA, I believe they are fourth, but they're only 15 against the run. They're better against the pass, fourth overall. One of the things, uh, Jordan Love got all the ink, and then, you know, Dak, the interceptions and all that stuff. One thing I did see with Green Bay, and one reason I did like them today, Aaron Jones oh against boy. the Bears in Week 18 finally looked healthy. Did he look healthy today? He looked healthy today. Touchdowns? 21 carries for 118, three touchdowns. I think he's the key. He's going to be the key. Not Jordan Love and all these talented young receivers that they have. By the way, uh, uh, Dan Quinn uh, uh, might want to figure out how to cover Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs just ate him alive. Ran free today. Uh, Christian Watson only had one catch, yeah. uh, but Romeo Dobbs just absolutely killed it. But I don't think he's going to be able to run through the 49ers all over the field like he did today in Jerry World. But it's going to be all about Aaron Jones. And I think you're going to see, you know, going on the road here, different environment in San Francisco, better defense, certainly that they're going to run the ball a little bit a little bit more and 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 they were more run heavy today based on the amount of plays just because they were up but Dallas couldn't get them off the field no you could know, not when, get a when, stop cuz remember when they cut they they cut it to 27 to 7 and really when it was over is when they kicked that field goal cuz it's like they had to get points but that needed to be cut that lead needed to be cut in half yeah they never and, and they didn't score a touchdown on that first drive yeah. and it's like okay Green Bay, we know what they're going to do. They got a decent sized lead. They're going to go ahead and they're going to run the ball. And that's what they did. Now, the Romeo Dobbs, the 46 yard gain, you know, put away the, for that touchdown yep. drive, which I believe made it 34 to 10. But it was Aaron Jones, eight yards. Aaron Jones, four yards. Romeo Dobbs had the big 46 yarder. Aaron Jones, eight yards. Aaron Jones, nine yards. There wasn't any like, usually when you know a team is going to run the ball. You see Aaron Jones rushes to the left for two-yard gain or rushes to the right for a three-yard gain. These are eight, eight, They're nine dashing. yards. And, you know, can they do that to the 49ers? I don't know if they could do that, but I think that that's the best plan of attack, I think. And by the way, this Dallas defense coming into today did rank fifth against the run. So 49ers a little bit weaker in terms of, uh, of some of the metrics at 15, that's what I think you're going to see Green Bay try to do. And that's why I lean a little bit Green Bay first half. If that's out there, it's probably going to be six and a half because they're going to tax the favorite more in the first half. That'd be the way I would lean. Maybe the 49ers do show a little rust, even though Kyle Shanahan, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, so great at the early script in a game. I'll tell you this, for my money, because Green Bay was a team that was dead in the water, a la the Buffalo Bills, about the same time. The Thanksgiving Day win at Detroit, fully staffed Detroit, by the way, rolling Detroit at that time. And they went in there and beat them Pretty, I know it was a seven-point game at the end, but that was a late score by Detroit to make it look cosmetics, kind of like the Cowboy game today. It was not as close as a two-score game. The two most impressive wins for me down the stretch, remember they beat Kansas City too. I know that was controversial. It was winning at Detroit and then what they did today in Dallas on the road. This team feels like on the road, man, they just shoot from the hip and they let it go. And I know those are on turf and those are those fast They tracks. have a lot more confidence now. This is a different team when I went against them after that Kansas City game when they went to the Giants because that was a team that was oh. not used to being a road favorite, which right. obviously they are a big road dog. They're not in that role here. And when you're not used to a certain point spread role, and that's something to kind of keep in mind as you go forward in the next season, that first time is awful hard, especially in the role of a favorite. Uh, has anything changed for you when you look at the Super Bowl market now? Because obviously the Niners and the Ravens are going to be the, the big faves, uh, at least the faves – to come out as the team's rested one less game to play. 
that has anything changed from what you've seen so far in Super Wildcard Weekend? You know, you know, not necessarily, Dave. I still think 49ers, uh, AFC, I think, is much more wide open because yep. I, I, even though I do like Baltimore and they're the rifle favorite, I feel like they can get beat by a Buffalo or they could get beat by a Kansas City. I just don't think San Francisco can get beat in the NFC right now. That's the difference, right? It feels like Baltimore would be more vulnerable against one of those two teams you mentioned in Charm City than San Francisco is their vulnerability. And it looks like it would just be against Detroit at this stage. Yeah, because Detroit certainly is explosive, but you can also move the ball on that defense. That Detroit defense, uh, you know, when they get pressure with Hutchinson, they're pretty good. But you can find some holes against those guys tonight. And look, uh, we saw Puka Nakua all kind of yardage and all kind of open spaces down the field. And I think when the Rams do their kind of examination of their loss, that's what they're going to be most bothered by. They didn't put the pedal down in the metal. Could not score in the red zone like Michael Duarte uh, pointed out. They're up and down the because field. Because that's the thing with these teams, and you see that a lot with these college teams that spread it around, work the middle, you know, throw it all over the field. When you get in that condensed where the field is so narrow – it's hard. Yep. It's hard to get in the. It's hard to get in the end zone. You got to get six. You can't get three. And again, they kick field goals in the second half. No touchdowns. Uh, we're scored in the second half. By the way, in that game tonight with Detroit getting that 24-23 win. So again, uh, two numbers right now for next week. We've got the the Steelers and Bills. It's tomorrow. That's a ten pointer for the Bills. Ten points for the Niners against Green Bay next week. And Philadelphia still holding at three against Tampa Bay tomorrow night in to round out Super Wild Card Weekend. We'll see you next week right here on The Look Ahead. See what it looks like then. Thanks, everybody, behind the glass here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo Play.